Kunal Show. This is your host Kunal Singh, and today we have a very special guest person with us. And I believe that many of you uh, who are practicing the practices of Buddhism and meditation must be knowing him. So I would just like to you you know give a quick introduction about him. So born in 1964, so uh, in Norway after completion his degrees in finance and engineering, he began his monastic teachings in Angarika in England. And after hearing the teachings from, I believe you must also have heard about everyone. His famous name is Ajahn Brahm, from the teacher who's you know who just converted his thoughts to go forth more deep into the teachings of Buddhism. Then he forward moved to the Bodhiyana Monastery in Australia, and from since 1994 he has been living there in Bodhiyana Monastery. He has an excellent knowledge of the Pali language and of the sutras, and he has been rewarded and awarded as a title of Mahathera. and i would just like to know uh, let you know that his name is ajan brahmali so thank you so much ajan brahmali for uh, being here with us uh, so just uh, i would just like to know how did you just got into this thing about uh, you know buddhism and when you have completed your degrees in uh, engineering and finance so how did you just you know uh, got into this thing <laughs> yeah that's that's a very it's a very good question and it is actually very difficult to to answer you know it's very very hard to really understand these things sometimes these things are very profound and they come from somewhere very deep inside and it can be very difficult to really sort it out but i i think what what on in one way you could say that i was um, uh, studying in london in the uk and i was studying finance and i i found the world of finance very unsatisfactory very <laughs> superficial superficial you know people were after the worldly things after uh, gaining as much money and prestige and uh, and status and all of these kind of things that's possible and and I felt there must be something more to life than this something more profound something deeper and uh, so I I started to I think initially actually very early on I I came across some books by some Hindu uh, gurus and I read those books and I found it very fascinating and interesting mm-hmm. they were all about you know meditation and about loving kindness and all of this uh, beautiful qualities and then i moved gradually from there towards the uh, the buddhist teaching and eventually i i decided to visit a monastery and the monastery at that time was uh, some quite famous monasteries in the uk just outside of london uh, mm-hmm. and i went to those monasteries and i that's actually how i got started there uh. mm-hmm. but the, yeah so that is the, the superficial part of the story but i think mm-hmm. there is probably a, a deeper aspect as well would you like me to carry on yeah sure 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 yes please Yeah. So the uh, I think the you know when I I think back on my life as a uh, you know how I ended up be- becoming a Buddhist monk and becoming a Buddhist at all it, it seems in retrospect it seems very natural it's almost as if you know I had to go in that direction and, and when I think back on my especially when I was a child I had some very strange experiences and one of the things that I had as a child when I was 12 years old I had this idea that i wanted just to live by myself in the forest i wanted to be a hermit in the forest yeah mm-hmm. i was a 12 year old child which is very i think it's quite unusual for a 12 year old child yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, later on i i had this you know i got this very strong sense that i must have been a, a buddhist monk in the past life but because that's the only way i can really explain my attraction to the buddhist monastic lifestyle but, and i think that you know looking back on my life now i think it is very very likely i was a buddhist monk maybe i was a buddhist nun you know who knows <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that's true right? yeah and i very likely if that was the case it would have been somewhere in asia maybe in the, you know some asian country maybe sri lanka mm-hmm. uh, possibly india you know when india was still buddhist over a thousand years ago mm-hmm. uh, maybe uh, some other asian country 
And that is what I think deep down is the reason why I ended up on this path now is because this must be some kind of past life connection. That's my really, that's my belief now. Yeah. So, uh, so Azan, you know, uh, I would just like to know what was your family's reaction, you know, when, when you just uh, uh, decided to go for this uh, Buddhism part. So what was their reaction? How did they react? You mean, what did my family think about it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they were, they were not very happy. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can imagine, I, my my parents and my family didn't know anything about Buddhism. Yeah, they had no idea at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, they thought that maybe I was just being disappearing into some kind of cult, you know, some kind of far away, dangerous, getting brainwashed and being abused maybe by some kind of uh, dangerous cult or whatever. Mm-hmm. They were very, uh, they were not very happy at all when I started out and they, they you know, they, they were they tried. I mean, I was, a, you know, I came from a very good family and my parents were, parents were well off. But I had a good education and mm-hmm. everything was really perfect. It was very, you know, it was very strange and unusual for someone like that to go up and become a, a Buddhist monk. Mm-hmm. But what was very interesting was that I, you know, I was quite determined I wanted to do this is what I want, how I wanted to live my life. For me, mm-hmm. it was very important. So I, I decided to do it anyway. And what was very fascinating to observe was that um, over the years, as I carried on as a Buddhist monk, as I followed what I felt was right, and I, you know, I lived in a good way, I started to treat my parents maybe with more respect, with more kindness, yeah, because I was trying to live up to the Buddhist ideals of, you know, a filial piety, looking after your parents and all of that. And gradually, gradually, my parents came around them, and um, uh, after I'd been a monk for about 10 or 15 years, uh, uh, one day my father, we were on a holiday somewhere together, they took me, you know, took me to China or something like that. Uh, and one day my father said to me, he said to me that, uh, you know, he said, I used to be your teacher, but now you are my teacher. <laughs> and that was a very profound moment. Yeah, and it's a very, very interesting thing to happen. And I think it will, it would never happen if I was an ordinary person living an ordinary life. But, this would never happen, but because I became a Buddhist monk, and mm-hmm. because I had some, you know, a kind of a commitment to something spiritual, something more profound, it allows these kind of uh, marvelous things to happen, where even your parents start to see, look at the world in a new way, and appreciate what you're doing. Mm-hmm. That, that's really, that's pretty, you know, what you have said that that's really a very nice thing. But you know, uh, in present scenario, I would just like to let you know that. You know, there are many people across the globe that they, you know, they just want to go for this Buddhism practices, but they cannot leave their home. You know, uh, so is it necessary that to be a monk, to be, uh, you know, to get the teachings of Buddhism, you need to leave your home? Is it necessary? It depends what you are aiming for. It depends what you want to do. If you want to live a just live a good life, yeah, you want to be a good person, and you want to have a you know, you want to be kind and caring and you want to um, look after your family well and these things, you can't live the lay life, you know, it is, there's nothing wrong with that. And certainly you can be a Buddhist by living the lay life. Lots of people, obviously the majority of Buddhists are lay people, they're not monastic. So you can mm-hmm. certainly can do that. Then. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you are very serious about the Buddhist practice and if you're very serious about living the spiritual life and, mm-hmm. and if you want to take the path as far as possible, you know, gain the deepest access in meditation practice, the deep samadhi experience and these sorts of things, and then the monastic life is a kind of the ideal way of living this because you have very good circumstances, you have very good support, and you get marvelous teachers like Adam Ram, you get to live with these teachers, and 
Uh, right now, I'm living in a little hut in the forest by myself. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. very, very beautiful thing to be able to do. And these things are very difficult to do if you are a layperson. Mm-hmm. So it depends on your um, commitment and uh, uh, to the path, basically, and how far you want to go. Okay. Okay, so Adan, uh, you know, uh, I have just summed up a few questions from, you know, uh, from social media part, you know, that there are certain people across the globe and in India itself that, you know, they have listed me few questions that are the frequently asked questions. So I would just like to, you know, uh, give a few questions to you. So uh, during this pandemic, then it, we have lost millions of lives across the globe, you know. So uh, what's your take on this that, you know, what is what is the main reason behind this COVID thing that we often say that, you know, uh, when we do a threat with the nature thing. Then nature also, you know, just gives a reciprocal. Uh, you know, it reverses its bad effects to us. Is it? Is it right? So, so, so are you asking what is the main reason why we have COVID? Is that what you saying? Hmm. And the main reason why we have COVID, and as well, yeah. you know, uh, there is always a conflict between na- nature and the human beings. You know, the more we are growing up with the population thing across the globe, yeah. you know, we are not just going with the deforestation thing. We are building up more and more infrastructures across across the globe. So, do you believe that this is also a reason that you know nature also you know just uh, reverses the bad effects on human beings? I, I I think it is very likely. Yeah, and this is not really about about Buddhism because Buddhism doesn't really have much to say about this. But I, I must admit personally, I think it is very likely we are destroying nature. We are uh, there's too many people in the world, and we are building too many things. We're using up too much energy, too many resources, and we are destroying the natural habitat of animals and I think the you know this is what you have to ask an expert really on ecology or etc and they would I think argue that point that definitely we are being too greedy mm-hmm. basically greed greed is a big problem here very right? true very true mm-hmm. yeah so we we should and of course that is you know what the Buddha says greed is a very destructive force so this is coming back to Buddhist teachings again and, and mm-hmm. I think we we should be uh, you know we, we we should be wise in how we deal with nature we should we should make sure that we um, uh, treat nature with respect and that we kind of use the best possible uh, way of dealing with things so absolutely we should be doing all of that but you know the problem kunal the problem is that uh, human beings are always going to be like this hum- human beings are always going to be greedy we're always going to be angry we're always going to have all kinds of defilements in our minds so we can stop these things to stop to some extent by being wise and by being smart and how we live our lives but only to some extent the problem is that we live this uh, samsaric existence and in this samsaric existence things are always going to go up and they're going to go down again sometimes they're going to go well sometimes they're going to go badly and so this is really what we can expect in samsaric existence we can expect that things go wrong sometimes we can expect that there is covid we can expect wars we can expect violence and we can expect sometimes we can expect love and sometimes we can expect compassion but other times we can expect anger and all of these negative things and this is just the nature of the human existence so sometimes we have to not just to try to solve the problems in the world, but realize that in the end, many of these problems, they have no, there is no final solution. There is no end to these things. They will always carry on in the future again. Mm-hmm. And once you understand that, that is a very profound insight, actually. That insight into understanding the nature of our existence, because it makes you think about life in a new way. And when you start to think about life in a new way, if you start to 
change your priorities, you change your values, you change the things that really are meaningful for you. And all of this means that you start to take a more uh, spiritual interest in your life. And actually, ultimately, it makes you a better person as a consequence. Uh, you know, uh, followed by this question, I would just like to put up another question that, you know, in current scenario, uh, during this COVID and before this thing as well, you know, people have, uh, you know, this major issue is rising up on a very rapid basis uh, is of the uh, restlessness, anxiety and depression thing, you know, in yeah. today's scenario that people are suffering with, uh, you know, on a vast majority of depression thing, anxiety, restlessness is there. So, uh, I was just reading an article that, you know, Buddhism and uh, mindfulness is a practice that that can really help you to elevate your depression thing. So, what's your take on this thing that can really, uh, if one practices the, uh, you know, follows the practices of Buddhist meditation and mindfulness, can depression be cured with this thing or not? It, it can be. It can be helped. Yeah, you can. Uh, it can certainly be a, a help, and that is certainly the case. Mm-hmm. And so, mindfulness is a is, is a is a useful technique. And of course, the word the word mindfulness comes from the ancient Indian word sati. Sati is like memory or awareness or something like that. And but actually, it's really the Indian word is much more interesting than the English word because the Indian word actually points to the real meaning of this. Mm-hmm. So the uh, the idea of uh, of mindfulness is uh, you know is to have a degree of awareness, uh, having a degree of, you know being in the present, being with what you are doing. So now when I'm Talking to you, Kunal, I try to focus on the conversation we're having with you. I try not to kind of think about any other things. Otherwise, I'm kind of destroying the conversation. I try to put full attention on what I'm doing right now. And uh, the reason why this is helpful is that a lot of the problems that we have, whether it is anxiety or it is depression, as you say, or maybe it is uh, agitation or restlessness or whatever it is about the current situation, a lot of that comes comes from the thinking mind. The mind thinks about these things. And when you think too much about something, you think yourself into anxiety. You think yourself into depression. Mm-hmm. You think yourself into you know all these worries and troubles and problems in life. But by being aware, you are actually reducing the thinking mind. And when you reduce the thinking mind, you don't think yourself so much into these things anymore. If you, if you take anxiety, for example, then anxiety is always about the future. Yeah, If you are anxious about something, it is a kind of fear. Yeah, And you are worried about what will happen in the future. And because you are worried about that is what anxiety comes from. So if you are able to stay with what you're doing now, say that you are cleaning your house or you are doing some kind of work or you are reading something or you're having a conversation with somebody, yeah? <laughs> Whatever, whatever it is, it's, if you focus on that 100%, it means that your mind does not have the opportunity to mm-hmm. think about the future, to worry about the future, to think about the past, mm-hmm. and then have that, that, that uh, tendency towards uh, depression or anxiety or whatever, it is reduced as a consequence. So it is that it, it is very useful. It is not. It is often not enough. There is ma- many more things we can do than just uh, being mm-hmm. mindful. But mm-hmm. it is a beginning. It's a starting point. It's really very very handy. Ajahn, I, w- I would just like to you know uh, go a little bit deep uh, deep into this thing. Uh, I was just listening one yeah. of your talks on YouTube. Okay, so uh, you were talking about thing that uh, when you suffer from any kind of suffering in in your life, so uh, instead of resisting that suffering, you need to be with that thing. 
so uh, you know you should not resist saying you should accept uh, i was hearing one of other talks from ajan bram as well so he was uh, saying that open your uh, uh, door of your hearts so what do you exactly mean by that thing let's suppose that if i am suffering from any kind of let's suppose if i am suffering from depression or any kind of issue so uh, by saying this thing that you know uh, i accept this thing that i am suffering from depression does that it helps or what you mean by this terminology exactly well the, the, the problem is that when we when we push when we try to push things away then uh, uh, usually we just make it even worse because it is still there it's just that you can't see it anymore and you push it underground you suppress it you try to get rid of it or whatever mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you actually uh, you know very often when we deal with things in that way by trying to use willpower to push it away we mm-hmm. cannot really find we cannot find the source of the problem we cannot find the cause why is it arising because we're pushing everything away mm-hmm. so with you know if you have something like depression or anxiety it is uh, if you accept it if you look at it if you investigate it if mm-hmm. you try to have insight into what it actually is then mm-hmm. what happens is that you uh, start to understand why it is arising why is this happening to me why am i feeling depressed and you start to understand that the problem is actually that you have certain recurring thoughts certain mm. ways of thinking about the world certain things that you either think oh the world is terrible you know i feel really bad or or maybe you know i haven't you feel bad about yourself or whatever it is and, but, but this is built up by thought and to be able to understand your own thinking and to be able to do something about your own thinking you mm-hmm. have to stand back and observe instead of pushing it away and when you stand back and observe then you have a possibility of changing the way you think yeah it's mm-hmm. starting to you know what i think they call it cognitive therapy these days cognitive uh, yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah so th- and this kind of helps you to reevaluate things and reestablish things and, and move your mind in a different direction so suppressing things is usually never really an answer it can be maybe an answer in the short term because in the short term it might be very very painful to uh, watch and to be with it but after a while when you can deal with it and you're able to be with it then it is usually far more uh, productive as a as a method of dealing with dealing with things correct correct so adam uh, the ne- next question goes on uh, on the same pattern that uh, people often suffer with this thing called guilt so uh, you know uh, let's suppose that uh, they or they often say that my past really hurts me uh, when i have, i have uh, hurt some people in the past or i've done something wrong that you know that really makes me feel a lot of guilt in present and i often feel that my past what past mistakes what i have done that will come reoccurring in my future and that will ruin ruin my future so how would you take on this thing that you know how if a person is suffering from guilt deep guilt so how can he just forgive himself and move forward because often people what they do that they they realize that they have done a mistake they accept that you know that was a mistake now that i have accepted it but they cannot move forward they often suffer with this thought every now and then that you know no i am the guilty they cannot uh, free themselves from this part so how would you uh, just help one to get out of this thing yeah um yeah the 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 first thing to do is obviously always to um and try to change your lifestyle to try to not make the same mistakes again in the future you know to undertake a a kind of a, a undertake morality as an important part of your life this this is always the first thing and once you once you have done that once you have once you are uh, treating other people with more kindness and more care and more compassion and these kind of things uh, then mm-hmm. that already will help people it will help yourself already because you start to feel better about yourself uh, 
once you do that. So this is the first thing to do. The second thing to do is to, as you say, is to learn to forgive yourself. And the, the way to forgive yourself is not, not actually, not just to forgive yourself, but you should also forgive other people as well, because mm -hmm. uh, forgiveness uh, is never one-sided. If you want to forgive, you have to forgive everyone in one go. If mm -hmm. you can forgive others, then, then mm -hmm. you can forgive yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you can forgive yourself, then you can forgive others. So you need to forgive across the board. And only when you forgive across the board is it actually going to work. So the way to, to do that is to understand, you know, one of the uh, very, I don't know how much you know about uh, Buddhist philosophy or Buddhist ideas of the mind, but uh, you know, Buddhism has this idea of anatman. Yeah, yeah, the idea that you know, the idea that uh, uh, we are conditioned phenomena. We are, we are like what we are now is basically um, uh, things. All the things that have happened to us in the past, uh, whether in this life or maybe past lives or whatever, all of these things that have happened to us in the past they have created the personality that we have now. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So the mm -hmm. person you are now is created by all of these things in the past. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. when you make a mistake, when you say something to somebody or you do something that you shouldn't have done mm -hmm. uh, or whatever it is, uh, uh, the reason why you are doing that uh, is not because you want to be a bad person. Uh, the reason why you're doing that is because of all the bad things that happened to you in the past, you know, all the things that conditioned you in the past, that made you into the person you are now, that is why your personality now is such that you ended up doing something wrong. Yeah, so it's, it's conditioning that makes you the person, the person you are. Yeah? Mm -hmm. And because it is about conditioning, it means that you are not as responsible as you think you are. Yeah? This mm -hmm. is all about non-self, about anatman idea. And it's not really you. You don't. And if you, you know, it's a very simple thought experiment, really. If, if I ask you, Kunal, and I say, well, if you wanted to be, if, if you had the choice, and you mm. could be kind all the time, would you choose to be kind all the time? No, no, no. I definitely would not. You would always want to be kind, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you always, and this I think is true for everybody. We always, we would always like to be kind if we can. But the Correct. problem is that it is often so hard for us to be kind. It's so difficult. And mm -hmm. the reason why it is hard is because our conditioning from the past, our uh, habits from the past, sometimes they force us almost to do bad things, to say the wrong thing and to do the wrong kind of action. Mm -hmm. And this is the idea of Anatman, that we're not really in charge. We are the sum of all the conditioning from the past. We are the sum of our habits. Mm -hmm. We are, if you like, we are trapped by our personality because our personality is also a product of our past experiences. And once you start to see that, you start to see that you are you are also a victim. Yeah, you are a victim of the past conditioning. You are a victim of how you grew up. You are a victim of all of these forces on you, even from the past life. And you didn't really want to do those bad things then, because if you really had a free choice, you would never do them in the first place. And then Correct. you can start to forgive yourself. Then you can start to forgive yourself because you realize that I didn't really want to do that, but I hadn't. I didn't have much choice. Mm -hmm. And this is um, a very, very powerful technique, not just to forgive yourself, but also to forgive anybody in your life that you feel have hurt you in any way. Yeah, if you remember that most likely they wanted to be kind to you, but mm -hmm. they weren't able to be kind to you because they too had their conditioning. 
Correct. The more you understand that, then, the mm-hmm. more ability you have to forgive almost anyone in the world. Then. You can mm-hmm. forgive the biggest monsters. You can you can forgive the mass murderers in the world. You can forgive all the everybody because you realize they too were trapped in the system, trapped in the conditioning, and, and mm-hmm. the reason they did things were really out of their control. Huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, so Azad, I was just you know uh, the same thing. I would just like to say that uh, on YouTube as well. I was going through one of the videos of Azad Brown where he was just uh, giving a profound story of the 998 uh, good bricks and two bad bricks. I believe that uh, you would have. I don't know, but so he was saying that uh, often what we do is that on past of of anything what we have done any mistake in the past we often focus on the bad things. We do not focus uh, contrary on the good things that we have done as well. So uh, mm-hmm. when when you say the this thing that uh, being uh, kindness is a path that you can just uh, give to yourself to forgive this thing. So how does this thing really works? Let's say that if anyone uh, after these all things what we have said, still there are many of the people who would accept this thing. But uh, let's suppose there are 24 hour, uh, 24 hours in a day. So every uh, this thoughts keeps repeating uh, again back on again and again and again and again they keep themselves as a culprit that you know uh, these all things nothing work i am the guilty i am the culprit so how would you just uh, give a profound insight that you know you can just get out of this thing yeah you, you, this is yeah so this as you say you can you know you can uh, just remind yourself of all the good things in your life you know and and dwell on the good things and remember that it is a, a remarkable sometimes it is remarkable that we do any good things yeah the the world is often quite rough and often the world pushes you in the wrong direction and there's always lots of bad influences around us we always meet bad people in our life mm-hmm. it's always like that so it is a, it is a small miracle that we have good qualities so we should rejoice in our good qualities yeah we should rejoice Whatever we do in act of kindness, because mm-hmm. that is a marvelous. This is what keeps the world up. So, by reflecting on reflecting on your good qualities, it's a very powerful way of doing it. And mm-hmm. also forgive, forgiving your bad ones to remember that actually, uh, often we don't have all that much choice. Yeah, life just kind of deals gets us into a certain trajectory. If we wanted to be kind, uh, we would be kind. But very often we have we don't have that ability because it's just too. that we are too uh, trapped in our personality too trapped in our habits too trapped in our past uh, to be able to really be kind all the time yeah. so uh, yeah both of those ways are, are very useful ways of, of kind of leaning you towards more having a more positive thing but what it really depends on as well is you have to have a strong commitment to living a good life yeah you have to have a strong commitment to be a good person that mm-hmm. also is almost very very important as well Mm-hmm. so uh, a point was mentioned here uh, in my script is there so you know uh, people often say that you know the mistakes what they have done in their past they uh, feel that after you know uh, be, uh, accepting that they have uh, made a mistake now uh, they won't be uh, uh, they won't repeat that mistake in coming future they have uh, you know uh, mistakes are a part of life because every uh, there is no human being on the planet that they have not done any kind of mistakes in their life so mistakes are what may, are, are what really make a person beautiful but they also uh, believe on the other hand that you know the mistakes what they have done in their past is gonna come back in the future and that mistake is gonna punish them so do you believe that this is this is true that that sorry second that mistake is what in the future so uh, uh, the, the uh, let's suppose i have a, a example of one of my friend so he said that he has done a mistake in the past of hurting someone 
and now that he is into a relationship with a beautiful person in the present so he feels that the person to whom i have hurted in my past that uh, past mistake will come in my uh, future and will punish me so is that uh, true <laughs> <laughs> um, I, well it, it uh, i it can it can do because this this is kind of the law of the law of karma the law of karma you know this is what you have in, in both Buddhism and also in Hinduism, you know, these mm-hmm. ideas and past actions, they have future results. But mm-hmm. uh, but um, I, I don't think it's a very useful way of thinking about it because it really depends on, on how you live and, and how you, um, and, and whether you are able to forgive yourself. If you are able to forgive yourself and mm-hmm. you are able to move, move forward and you are able to live with more kindness, etc., then you are, to a large part, you are um uh, the, to a large part you are eliminating that karma that you have made because you are diluting it by living well and by doing the right thing mm-hmm. so i think it's not a very it's not a useful way of thinking about it, that it will come back and haunt me in the future it's much better to think okay i made a mistake in the past let me now make sure i don't make the same mistake again and let me forgive myself for those past things and if you do that then, then you will gradually dilute the effect of that past action as you dilute it its ability to affect you in the future will be actually very small as a consequence hmm. okay and uh, followed by this question there is another question that uh, what is the main cause of any kind of fear in the life you know people often uh, fear with a person they feel that you know uh, when they'll go out of home something will bad uh, something bad will happen to them any kind of fear what is the main cause of the, that fear and how any of the fear can be uh, you know just we can go into that fear and just deal with the life how you take on this thing yeah okay well well the main the main cause of fear is it does you know sometimes we we ask these questions about the causes of things very often the the causes are very hard to know because often they are just uh, we have been thinking in a silly way in the past yeah we have been thinking about the future in a bad way and because we have been thinking about the future in a negative way in the past then mm-hmm. we carry that habit with us and that habit means that we are fearful now because of past uh, past mm-hmm. habits so, so it is very it's very you know hard to really say the causes but there's one cause you can say for sure and the cause you can say for sure is that uh, it is about fault finding about the future you're looking at the future in a negative way and that is the biggest problem correct correct so the so this so that and that is also where you find the solution and the solution becomes very obvious because if you are um, thinking about the future in a negative way then the solution to the problem of being is to think about the future in a positive way instead yeah mm-hmm. and um, the way the way to do that and sometimes you know when we have when we see all the problems around the world that we see now with the covid situation and we see uh, you know you see the, the, the big powers in the world kind of you know becoming a bit restless and starting to use bad language we see politicians doing all kind of crazy things we see the climate the climate crisis around the world becoming very severe mm-hmm. and when we see when we see all of these problems happening in the world then uh, uh, the way instead of being anxious about it instead of being negative about it uh, is to remember that the future for a human being is not determined by the external things uh, the external thing is only a very small part of what it means to be a human being uh, mm-hmm. the future is determined by our actions by your kindness by the quality of your heart uh, 
if you have a good heart, if you are a kind person, mm-hmm. kind people mm-hmm. always have a good future. Good future comes from kindness. And that is the right way of thinking about the world. So if you live a life of kindness, if you live a life of generosity, if you live a life of supporting other people, if you use your speech in a skillful way, if you are compassionate, if you have a good heart, if you develop all of these beautiful qualities in your life and you practice them in daily life towards everyone, everyone you meet everywhere, then what is going to happen is you start to have a more positive outlook and you remember good future is for good people the, good, the goodness of the heart that is what matters for the good future when all the external things in the world all the problems in the world they are secondary yes they are problematic but they are only a small problem for people who have a good heart mm-hmm. okay. uh, 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 the last question i would just like to put up in front of you what is the purpose of life you know uh, uh, many of uh, people are there across the planet that they are just trapped into this thought that you know we do not have a purpose in life uh, we do not have have a specific direction in which we should go and what is the purpose of life we do not know so how would you take on this thing for the purpose the purpose of life you know to find that you have to look inside of yourself and ask yourself what is it that i desire deep down Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you ask that question, if any person asks themselves that question deep down, what is it that I want? You can say that what we all want, we want more happiness, more mm-hmm. peace, more contentment, more satisfaction. We want less suffering, less problems, less of these kind of things, less depression, less sadness, and these kind of things. Mm-hmm. So the purpose of life, if you look at that, if you look inside of yourself and you see what it is that you want deep down, then it becomes very, very obvious that what we want is that we want to move towards that goal yeah, of less problems in life and more happiness in life. That is what the purpose of life is about. Mm-hmm. And uh, the point of you know any spiritual teaching, like the Buddhist teaching or any kind of positive spiritual teaching, is that uh, if you practice this path properly that is exactly where you are going yeah mm-hmm. you start by just being kind to yourself and kind to the people around you you start to have a, a more compassion in your life you start to be more generous and you feel that something wholesome something really beautiful is starting to grow inside of you mm-hmm. and as you feel that this beautiful thing is starting to grow inside of you you just feel better about yourself you think wow my life is going in the right direction you know Correct. You start to feel some, but yeah, you feel this positive uplift in your life. It's very mm. positive feeling, and then you start to understand that you are on the path to a mean to the meaning of life. So you carry on like that. You take mm. that happiness, you take that contentment, you take it further and mm. further and further. And as you do this, you are on this very interesting, very exciting journey, yeah, of mm-hmm. uh, discovering. Uh, profound happiness in your life because discovering the happiness that are the most profound possible to experience as a human being in mm-hmm. deep meditation in the samadhi experiences uh, through the inside practices whatever it is uh, mm-hmm. and uh, it is an extraordinarily interesting journey because you are moving towards all those things that you ever wanted in your life but yeah mm-hmm. all the things that craving craving always held it well if i get this relationship if I get this kind of car, if I get this mm-hmm. kind of house, mm-hmm. if I get this kind of career, if I get this kind of status, then mm-hmm. I will be happy. But mm-hmm. it's always 
it's always a lie. Yeah, it is never brings a happiness. Correct, correct. Because it is an it is an external thing, an external an external thing. It can never satisfy an inner psychological problem because the problem of not being satisfied or not being content is a psychological problem. Yeah, it mm-hmm. is inside that we suffer. It is inside that we're happy. So to mm-hmm. be able to find the inner happiness, we cannot use external things. We need to work on our mind directly. And the way to work on your mind is to be kind to others and to live a life where your thoughts are thoughts of kindness, thoughts of metta, thoughts of um, all these positive things. And then you are on the track to happiness. So if you live really well mm-hmm. and you practice this path all the way, it is possible, according to the Buddhist teachings, mm-hmm. to find the highest happiness, the ultimate happiness. And that is the meaning of life right there. And every one of us is capable of finding that goods in the world and the materialistic materialistic things and it will never give us the happiness that we are actually searching for it was always be superficial and in the end we get depressed in the end we just get the you know negative so we need to come back to more of a spiritual life and in a sense you are very lucky you live in india india is already a very spiritual country you know i i must admit i i love india india is one of my favorite countries in the world because it is so spiritual and such a beautiful country in so many ways and, mm-hmm. and so you have already so much there in India so you just have to turn away from some of these uh, stupid values that you know are kind of coming from the western world where, mm-hmm. where there is a, a very little spirituality compared to India and India is much more uh, in that sense India is a much more um, interesting nation and, and mm. you know, has values that are much more appropriate for yeah we have life. so much of the traditional values that you know the buddhism part is there in india and many other hindus part is there as well but still uh, there are certain people that you know the youths are there that we uh, we often tend to you know just what you have said what you were just talking about that uh, the materialistic thing is that we were we are much obsessed towards this uh, showing ourselves better than others you know what social media uh, social media platform does that if you are uh, at a percent of let's suppose you are at a hundred percent it says you that you need to be at thousand percent you know so they often create a thing in mind that you know you are not what you you need to be you need to be something different yeah yeah and this exactly and uh, sometimes you just have to you know i I think people after a while they will start to understand that these things are they are shallow they are not really deep you know I think when we are young we sometimes are a bit stupid and most people but I was very stupid when I was young probably <laughs> most people are when they are young and, and hopefully many of them they will they will grow out of this you know and they will start to move towards more spiritual practices after they mm-hmm. after a certain certain time I am and this is the advantage of, of living in India. You know, you have the spirituality around you. You just have to look and then you have to find a good path. You have to find the good tradition to, to adhere to with, with, with people who truly are kind, with people who truly uh, do the right thing. And then you have so much to lean on, so much to support you, so much to use to kind of make your life better. And that is one of the great advantages of living in a place like, a place like India. But, but uh, Adan, uh, you know, uh, there are certain... Uh youth uh, group is there that uh, they often say that in India Buddhism is there but it's not in every state and it's not at every place so people often say that you know uh, to learn Buddhism we have uh, the modern facility with us today that is the, the internet and the laptop thing the mobile mobile thing is there with them so is it possible that without finding, finding any local Sangha or without going to any place 
can internet can if it's used in a you know a useful manner can it be helpful to learn buddhism uh, through the internet yeah absolutely this is one of the the great the great things about modern technology is that it makes you know things like buddhism and and spirituality available around the world in this way it's marvelous Mm-hmm. And uh, India is, is is one example. Maybe you know you said there aren't that many Buddhists in India. It's true, but there are other places in the world where it's much worse. You know, you can maybe you can grow up like in the you know in in a country where Christianity is very strong or where is Islam is very strong. Mm-hmm. There are Buddhists. Correct. Pakistan is the Yeah, and mm-hmm. there are are Pakistan there are Pakistani Buddhists. But mm-hmm. it's very, very, very difficult to be a Buddhist in Pakistan because if you are a Buddhist in Pakistan, you can people might kill you. Yeah, correct, correct. Are, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it is very, very dangerous. I, I know some Pakistani Buddhists, and they they actually had to flee flee from Pakistan because of the danger of they had a fatwa issued against them. You know, mm-hmm. And so it is very, very, very dangerous. So. For, for this, the internet is great because we reach all the corners of the world. We reach all the people who are lonely or mm-hmm. looking for a spiritual path, but they, they don't have any Kalyanamitas, you know, the good spiritual friends. Mm-hmm. And those mm-hmm. spiritual friends you can you can find on the on the internet. You know, mm-hmm. this is the great thing about. It. Mm-hmm. But on the on the other hand, Kunal, you know, there is also uh, in India there is uh, Buddhism is growing very fast and. Mm-hmm. And I know the 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 Gwenka, the Gwenka tradition has been doing a lot of good in India. Lots of people are uh, yeah. Gwenka meditators, and, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, there are also a lot of followers of the of Ajahn Brahm in yeah. India as well. Then, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, in yeah. many different places. Mm-hmm. So it, uh, it so it, it is possible. You know, sometimes we just have to find those like-minded people, mm-hmm. and maybe you can even. Even maybe you can even start a temple somewhere, you know. And you can actually get some, uh, you know, you can have you can have some local monks or whatever. <laughs> you can you can build something up out of out of that. And followed by that, I watched a couple of videos of Ajahn Brahm as well, and that person literally changed my life. I I I thought that you know there is more to this life. It's not about this thing, the materialistic thing. About loving yeah. kindness is there. The compassion is there. If if yeah. people starts start to you know uh, learn it, uh, the world will definitely change. I believe love has that power that you know uh, the violence cannot have. Uh, one of the biggest example in India is of the Mahatma Gandhi. Yeah, he literally yeah. you know just uh, follow, following this non-violence thing, he just uh, helped us to get the independence thing. So I literally thought that you know uh, let's let's uh, create a channel. Let's Let's spread this thing that being in India, Buddhism is there, but people are not really much aware about this thing because in India people uh, are much following of the Western part. They are much just you know getting towards this Westernization part that you know we have to be much more materialistic. We need this that greediness is there. So keeping this thought in mind that really mindfulness and few of the precepts and uh, you know teachings of Buddhism that really helped me. I felt that one when a person into uh, is into low mood and, and kind of depression, so I I can feel that way. Now that I want to help other peoples across the globe, across India, so uh, that yeah. that what made me get started. And I literally uh, I'm really very thankful that Ajahn that you are here and you are addressing these issues to those people, so that will boost up confidence into them because you you never really know that how many uh, lives you are inspiring, how many people you can save here. 
so that would or sort me get me started it okay good excellent yeah and uh, and you know i i it's it's very strange about the, you know you're saying that you fell into depression with the covid situation i think many many people have felt fallen into the same trap when we have these kind of big problems in the world you know but uh, remember always remember the story adam brahms famous story of good bad who knows you know the story good correct bad, correct correct i know about the king king thing yeah yeah i have heard about it Yeah, it is such a beautiful story because uh, it it shows what it shows you is that uh, you never know the outcome of things. The outcome is always so uncertain. You don't know what in the long run whether something will be bad or something will be good. It's impossible to say. True. And I would just let me just tell the story for your for your listeners just in case they haven't heard it before. Yes, please, yes, please, yes, please. Yeah. It's a very useful <laughs> nice story to think of. And this is a a story that actually it comes from ancient india it's like an ancient indian story and uh, many of because i'm a buddhist monk many of the stories that we hear are, are buddhist are from india originally mm-hmm. and this was a, a story about a king in ancient india and he you know like all kings he was very powerful and he had a he had a big harem and he had you know doctors and soldiers looking after him and all of these kind of things and Uh, one day he had the, his finger was wounded he had a wound on his finger so he went to his doctor and he said to the doctor uh, you know doctor have a look at this my finger i have got a wound you know uh, can you can you fix it and so the doctor looks at the finger and he kind of puts a salve on the finger and he wraps it up yeah and makes it look nice and then the, uh, the king asked the doctor well how is it going to be okay here and the doctor replies that good bad who knows it yeah yeah <laughs> and then the uh, the king goes away and after a few days the king king comes back yeah and he's really getting a bit angry with the doctor because the finger is getting worse you know or you put on the salve on the bandage but the finger is getting worse yeah so the doctor looks looks at the finger he puts on some more salve he puts on a fresh bandage and puts on some herbs or whatever and then puts everything together and then the king says well is it going to be okay here? Mm-hmm. and the doctor says good bad who knows yeah mm-hmm. and then <laughs> the, the king the king king goes away again and then after a few days the king is now getting really upset yeah because the king is not getting any better comes okay. back to the doctor again and says to the doctor look at my finger and the doctor says well your finger is so bad king your majesty is so bad i'm going to have to amputate it yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> oh so the king gets really really upset yeah he, he gets the finger cut off and as soon as the finger is cut off he says to his guards take the doctor and throw him into the jail yeah this doctor is no good and put him uh-huh. into the dungeons and throw away the key i don't want to see this doctor ever again Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so the doctor is in this jail, and uh, you know when he goes into the jail, he says to the guards, he says to the guards, "Good bad, who knows?" Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> very smart ass, you know, wisdom, wise doctors. And then, after the king has kind of got rid of the doctor, then a few days later, he goes out on a hunting trip. He goes with a large party and he goes into the wilderness at that time there was still a lot of wilderness in india mm-hmm. and they go hunting for uh, you know for this a big large animal i don't know what kind of animal maybe some kind of deer or something like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then during this uh, hunting expedition the king somehow gets separated from the hunting party yeah he gets separated yeah. he gets lost mm-hmm. and when he gets separated from the hunting party 
he goes wandering by himself. And when he goes wandering by himself, there is a wild tribe. And this wild tribe, he sees the king. Yeah, they see the king. And they all get around him and they grab hold of the king. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they say to each other, we are going to sacrifice this king. We're going to sacrifice this king to our God. Because when we sacrifice the king to our God, the God will be very happy. And yeah. the God will kind of give us blessings because of that. So this was like a, one of those uh, tribes, yeah, <laughs> faraway tribes somewhere in India. Yeah, yeah. And so they bind this man to the bind this man to a post and they kind of get ready to uh, set him on fire yeah, and mm. burn him up alive and all of these kind of things. And, and then just as they are about to light the fire, just before they light the fire, one of the tribesmen says, wait, stop, something is wrong. And then he goes up to the goes up to the king, yeah, and he looks at the king and says, The king is not perfect. Look, one of his fingers is missing. If we sacrifice a king who is not perfect, our God will not be happy. And because yeah. our God will not be happy, we are going to be in trouble. So we have to release the king. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> you can see what's going on here. So the king now, wow, you know, the king is just so so pleased the king kind of you know gets out and he kind of starts walking and he walks all the way back to the palace Mm -hmm. and then he goes straight down into the prison area where the doctor is Mm -hmm. and when he sees the doctor he bows down to the doctor oh doctor thank you so much you Mm -hmm. saved my life because you cut off my finger Mm -hmm. i was not sacrificed by this uh, uh, wild tribe thank you so much doctor you are free yeah mm-hmm. and then he opens the jail and the doctor kind of walks out and, and when the doctor walks out the doctor says good bad who knows <laughs> <laughs> so this is the story yeah some yeah. sometimes the, the, and the point of the story is that sometimes things seem so terrible in life things seem so bad we get covid you get president trump in charge <laughs> <laughs> You, you get climate climate change you get all of these kind of crazy things happening in the world and but at the end we don't know what the outcome is we don't know if it really is going to be bad if it really is going to be good yeah and, and this is the moral moral of that story now I, I will not i won't stop there let, let me keep, just carry on for a couple yes, of please, yes please definitely uh, definitely. Yeah. definitely because um the point of this is that uh, when we see you know the problems in the world when you see the climate change uh, when you see the covid situation when you see the political turmoil everywhere and you have plenty of political turmoil in india as well i understand it mm-hmm. um, when you see all of these troubles in the world uh, the right answer to that the right way to react to that uh, is to understand that the external world is always going to be problematic yeah? The external world is always going to let us down. The external mm-hmm. world is always going to be like this. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we we often think that when we have the COVID situation, that something has gone wrong. Mm-hmm. But no, nothing nothing has gone wrong. This is what human existence is like. Sometimes we have COVID. Yeah. Sometimes mm-hmm. you have another pandemic. Sometimes you have a war. Sometimes you have a, I don't know what you have. You have all these kind of crazy things happening in human life. And once you accept that once you understand the suffering that is inherent as part of human existence and mm-hmm. what it does to you if you are wise it turns you away from that external world you have less interest in that world because you understand it will always let you down it will always be impermanent it will never be satisfactory in the way that you want to mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And when you get that, what you start to do instead, you start to look at the spiritual life instead. You start to build up your inner qualities instead because you understand my inner qualities, the spiritual life, nobody can, can take that away from me. This mm-hmm. is something that I have for myself. It belongs to me and no external uh, uh, external uh, things can take those qualities away from me. And this is the learning experience from COVID. If we think about COVID in the right way, this is what we learn. And when we learn that, then we are really starting to understand the real meaning of life. The meaning of life is to go inside, not to go outside. And then I'm, I'm just quite, uh, you know, uh, struck on this part uh, that you have said that when we uh, start to accept it the way things are, you know, so uh, accepting, uh, I'm quite confused on this thing, how to really accept that thing. You know that when I'm talking about that, I should accept this. I should accept this thing that I'm yeah. suffering from from this issue. The COVID is there. External factors are there. The accepting thing, how you really say that? Uh, say to yourself that you know uh, I'm just accepting that this is the COVID. Now I do not need to worry about COVID. How this thing works? The way the way it works is that you you understand how the world actually is. You understand that the world has to be this way. You mm-hmm. understand that just because we have COVID. Nothing has gone wrong. This is the nature of the world. Mm-hmm. If you look, if you look at the, you know, the world, the World Health Organization. If you look at the big health organizations around the world, they, they were all saying beforehand that there will be a pandemic sooner or later. We will have these things. This is part and parcel of uh, our life. If you look at human history, you know, if you go back, to, you know, over everything, we go back to the very beginning of human history. You know, like in India, many, many thousand years ago. And you look at our history, these things have always been part of our history. We have always had wars, we have always had famines, we have always had illnesses. This is just part of human life, and it will always be the same in the future. We cannot eradicate these things. And so, so the idea is to accept, and accept means that instead of being in denial, when uh, when an illness like the pandemic comes, you say, oh, I expected that. I expected to a pandemic. I'm not surprised at all. Yeah, because I know this is the nature of the world. And when you when you come to that acceptance, when you kind of uh, start to understand the actual nature of the world the way it is, then your priorities start to change. Your values change. You are no longer so interested in the external world, because if the external world always is going to let you down, why try to find happiness in the world which always lets you down? It is stupid. It is stupid. Yeah, it is. It is crazy. So you start to look for your values somewhere else, and those values you start to look it in the, in the terms of a spiritual path, in terms of living a spiritual life, in terms of all of these spiritual qualities that we build up of the Buddhist practice like mm-hmm. kindness, like caring, like meditation, or what mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. And this is the most important thing, the most important learning experience from COVID-19, mm-hmm. is to actually change our values, change our priorities, know what really matters in the world, what is important, and what really makes us happy in the long run. Correct, correct, correct. Uh, Ajahn, uh, what is the one, uh, one Buddhist meditation practice you would like to uh, let my audience know that you know practicing on an average this thing can really help you i'm not talking about every of the every aspects of buddhism because it will take a great time but to one of the simple uh, practice what you would like to uh, uh, address to the audience the most the most important thing is just to you know when you 
do some meditation is just to sit down and just be aware, you know, just to sit down, relax, and just be aware of what is happening, not trying to do anything at all, but just kind of having an awareness of your mind, having an awareness of your thoughts, and then trying to understand yourself. And if you, if you find that you become peaceful,